This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in roughly 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Mate, can't complain. It's been a pretty hectic week, but as always, excited to be here chatting stocks with you on a Saturday. It's been a a pretty important week in terms of our economic developments, and that's something we'll crack into today. Yeah. Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. So, big update from the last time that we spoke. You uh, called me Alec Reginald Renahan on our yes. intro to our Ted Richards interview. Uh, if you haven't listened to that interview, uh, I thought that was a really good one, so make sure you listen to that. But... My folks this morning called me uh, Reginald when they answered the phone. So, (laughs) one, great that they're listening, but two, it looks like your nicknames are catching on. (laughs) That's so good. Gets me back for all the times uh, that you've told everyone that I smoke darts, I'm addicted to gambling, (laughs) um, I have a credit card debt. (laughs) And your name is Bruce. And my name is Bruce. Yeah, it's your alter ego, Bruce Lesky. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, um, I'm glad uh, nicknames are catching on. So we've got Reginald and, and Ren, um, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'll have to think of another one. So stay tuned <laughs> for next week. As, as I said, Ren, it has been uh, a big week. We've had uh, some changes to interest rates. Actually, was it last week? So when, when people are listening to this, it would have been last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah First Tuesday of every month, the RBA meets. And they make a decision on what the cash rate would be, which is short-term interest rates. And uh, they, as you said, they made the decision to cut. Yes, Ren. So they made the decision to cut. So 
In this episode, we're going to address why this is important. There's been a lot of uh, stuff in the, the media about it this week, positive and negative reports. So we decided what we would do is break down what an interest rate cut means from the point of view of uh, an investor, um, but also broadly speaking. So we'll discuss what happened, why it has happened. It's been a pretty historic cut, so we'll go into a bit about that. And then we'll have a look at what it means for investors from both an equities point of view, and then we'll touch a bit on uh, cash, property, and uh, the impact it has on the Aussie dollar. And then we'll wrap it up. Ren, you've got something hot, hot off the press, you reckon? No, not, not, not hot off the press, just a hot take. Okay, hot take. Uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with, uh, I guess, what does it mean and what's to come for the latter half of this year in terms of interest rates and economic activities? So uh, let's get stuck in, Ren. Yeah, let's do it. So we probably have buried the lead here by not actually saying what the rate was cut to. So the interest rate was cut to 1.25%. And that was down from 1.5%, so 25 yep. basis point cut. Just briefly, Ren, do you want to just quickly explain to our listeners who are new to all of this, what is the RBA or the Reserve Bank of Australia's official interest rate? And do we, we'll start with that. So there, there's probably two forms of interest rates that people should understand. One is long-term interest rates that are set by the market, and that's generally longer-term government debt and company debt, so things like bonds. And then there are short-term rates, which are set by the Reserve Bank of Australia or central banks around the world. And they that is the rate at which banks borrow from the central bank and lend to each other through the central bank. So the reason that the, these short-term interest rates are important is because that's the funding rate at which banks essentially get funded domestically. Let's not worry about overseas funding and stuff like that. And it means that if banks are borrowing at a lower rate, they can then pass that lower rate through to the customers that are borrowing from them. So in this instance, if you have a mortgage and banks can get that money at a lower rate, they can then offer you a lower rate on your mortgage. Similarly, if banks are leaving money with the central bank, they're getting paid interest on that money. And then they the, they can then pay a higher or lower interest rate to the depositors who are leaving money with them. So your savings account, the interest rate also moves with the cash rate because that's the rate at which the banks get paid by the central bank. Nice. And so for those that haven't uh, studied economics, this is uh, part of the monetary policy that the RBA and government uh, use. So not fiscal, but this is part of monetary policy. So as you said, Ren, it dictates the value, the, the price at which banks can borrow money. So before we move into why it happened, I think uh, you wanted to mention something else. Yeah, I had a question for you. Okay, hit me. So <laughs> uh, a little bit of a test. The 1.25% as the RBA cash rate is the lowest it's ever been in history. And it hasn't moved for a while. So quick question for you, Bryce, before we get into it. Uh, people, are su- people weren't surprised that it moved, but it is historic that it moved. When's the last time the RBA's cash rate moved? I couldn't tell you the specific month. I'm going to have a stab. I know it was 2016. And I'm going to have a stab at October. Oh, close. Very close. Uh, what was it? August 2016. 
Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty historic because, you know, we're sort of, we're basically three years later and the interest rate's moving for the first time. Now, bonus question for you, and this really sets the scene for listeners in terms of what's been happening longer term. We'll get into the history a little bit, but bonus question for you. When's the last time the RBA increased the cash rate? Wow, that is a good question. So I'm going to have to say it. Oh, it's a tough one. Either pre-GFC or not too far after, before 2016. I'm going to say pre-GFC. Oh, you're close. Well, no, uh, sorry, you're not actually that close. It's the other side uh, of the GFC. T- oh, uh, so, oh, yeah, November, really? November 2010. So, 2010? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So essentially what we've seen since November 2010 is a long-term, almost decades-long gradual decline in interest rates. So that that gives listeners a sort of idea of what has been happening. Well, well, let's jump into the historic aspect of this and then we can feed into why it happened because, as you said, it's been a a period now of three years where it's been very stable, hasn't moved, and we would have hoped, I think, that – the next rate cut would, uh, sorry, rate movement would have been an increase because that is an indication of the state of the economy. And generally speaking, if interest rates go up, then we are, you know, likely to have a stronger economy. But that's not the case, Ren. It's as you said, it's never been this low ever before. No, no. To give to give some history, uh, John Howard in two thousand and four in the election campaign then was boasting about the interest rates being at close to record lows and staying steady at lows. And that was the interest rate then was, I think, 5%, 5 5.25% in 2004. And the government were boasting about how low it was. And then what happened was it went up to about 7% when the GFC started. Uh, And in a very quick time, in like a year or something, it dropped from 7% to 3%, which I think at the time was a record low was went slowly back up to 4.75% out of the GFC and then since then it has just been gradually declining since then and it's gone from 4.75 to 1.25 in a, the decade since then. So really what we've seen is from the GFC to now a really s- slow long-term gradual decline but even if you look back in history, if you look in like, if you go to 1990, interest rates were probably, I think, about 15%. And really what we've seen in the last 30 years is just a decline globally from high teens interest rates to single digits. In Europe and Japan, we've even seen negative interest rates where basically the government is paying you to borrow money. Or essentially, if you're saving your money, the government's taking money away from you. It's a real structural thing that we're we're witnessing globally and Australia is experiencing it and seeing it in things like this rate cut. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So then now let's take a look at why it happened in this instance. And you can generally apply, I guess, what we're about to talk about across the board when rate cuts occur. I think we've already mentioned that a rate cut is primarily designed to stimulate the economy. Uh, it's a, a trigger of monetary policy. And maybe just explain how it stimulates the economy in theory. You kind of touched on it, Ren, briefly. Uh, you mentioned that a rate cut will make it cheaper for the banks to borrow money from the Reserve Bank, and hopefully they can and will pass on that rate of borrowing to the consumers. And that means that it becomes cheaper for consumers to, to borrow money from banks. And the hope is that by doing so, people will borrow more and then use that money to go out and spend on things like housing, um, cars, or, or whatever it may be. And we know that by doing that, there's flow-on effects to the rest of the economy. So if you're you know, looking to borrow money to renovate, then there's the flow-on effects to all of the businesses that take advantage and, and reap the rewards of people wanting to renovate and that sort of stuff. People are less likely to have money in savings accounts because the rates are falling and so they might most more than more likely to go out and invest that money elsewhere and and that has a flow and effect to asset prices and that sort of stuff so generally speaking that's the idea of a rate cut and so in this instance that is why the reserve bank has cut interest rates they've we're at a point now unfortunately that the australian economy is faltering, I would suggest. Things like slowing household consumption. So that means uh, household not spending as much as they used to, not consuming as, as much. We are increasing our savings rates, which indicates that uh, people, people are a bit wary of, of the future and putting more money away for perhaps a time that they think they're going to need it. We have very weak wage growth. So it, with weak wage growth comes the uh, a less ability to con to consume propensity to spend so without wage growth but you know you're not less likely to go out and spend on holidays and that sort of stuff and also interesting ren is that we've had negative gdp growth per capita for a third consecutive quarter so that means uh, for every person in australia gdp growth has been uh, trending in a negative direction which generally indicates we're heading towards uh, a recession so there's another reason, which is inflation, but we'll touch on that. Did you have anything to add for why it happened, Ren? No, I think that's a pretty comprehensive explanation of why it's happened. Another reason is it's, I think we should touch on inflation, and inflation means increase in, in general prices across the board, a basket of goods. So the RBA has a, a band of, at which they want inflation to sit between, I think, 2 and 3%. And a, a rate cut is generally designed to stimulate inflation because at the end of the day, inflation, uh, when controlled, is a, is a good thing. So that's another reason that they would like to, that they have cut the rates. 
Okay, so let's have a chat about the banks, Ren. We've spoken about they're a big uh, factor in all of this. So what was the response from the banks? And then we'll move into why it's important. The RBA can do really whatever they want, but unless the banks pass the interest rate rise or cut onto the consumer, it really doesn't mean anything. It affects the bank's balance sheet, but in terms of stimulating the economy, not so much. So really, the... The expectation is that banks follow what the RBA does because then it affects you and I and businesses that are essentially the ones that will then go and stimulate the economy. But there's, no, there's nothing mandating that these banks have to follow through. So what did we see? We saw Josh Frydenberg and Scott Morrison apparently had some very stern conversations with the banks in the lead-up to the RBA announcement saying they expected a full rate cut which, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a little bit in two minds of. It's probably, it's a bit heavy-handed potentially from the government, but it is what it is. Commonwealth Bank and NAB got the message. They passed on the full 25 basis points cut to mortgages especially, but I think across the board. So they, they got the message that uh, Just Frydenberg wouldn't be very happy with them if they didn't. ANZ and Westpac, not so much. Westpac cut it 20 basis points and ANZ cut it 18 basis points. And apparently that enraged Josh Frydenberg. And in response, he went public and told customers to shop around and find a better deal on their mortgages. So <laughs> so um, it's interesting because as the interest rate, as interest rates go closer to zero, it is harder for banks. The spread between what they're uh, making from what they're lending out and then what they're having to pay customers who are saving with them is tightened, and that makes it harder for these banks. But anyway, what, what did we see? So apparently there was a 650% increase in mortgage searches via finder.com.au. So it looks like Josh Frydenberg telling people to go and shop around to get a better mortgage deal did work. And interestingly, Commonwealth Bank, so they're passing the full rate cut through, but they're delaying the mortgage reduction for three weeks so i think they're passing the decrease in the interest they pay savers straight away and they're delaying three weeks the reduction in the interest they charge mortgage mortgage holders and apparently just delaying it those three weeks will allow them to pocket an extra 50 million dollars just from the better better spread between saving and Scumbags. lending <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it's a pretty sizable chunk of money. Like, obviously, common bank's huge, but still, 50 million bucks in three weeks, you you wouldn't say no. I think that that's probably the really important thing to understand that none of us bank directly with the central bank. None of us have our mortgages with the central bank. So when you think about rate cuts, the really important thing to understand is that we then, to, to see the either the, the monetary effects, either the stimulatory or the opposite effect, you you do need the banks to play along. And mm. there's a lot of people speculating that the RBA are going to cut the interest rate again this year, later this year, and banks may not play along. They may, <clears throat> they may not have the margin to play along, but that, that'll be an interesting one to watch given how enraged Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg were this time around. If all four big banks don't play ball next time around, you might see two very red-faced government ministers. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, there was no talk from them at all about you know, the implications of a recession on their budget during the election campaign. And I'm sure they've been talking about it behind closed doors. But if if we do head to a recession, as uh, some economists predict that we will, you know, the government response is going to be incredibly important. And it will also probably throw out a lot of their plans that they've had for the next few years from a budget point of view. So I can understand why they are enraged that banks aren't passing it on. But I can also understand the commercial reasons from a bank uh, not to pass on a full rate. So it's uh, it's an interesting equation. It is, it is. So let's, we're uh, an investing podcast here and let's quickly talk about some of the key asset classes and how they would have, uh, how they would have affected. So do you want to kick us off with equities? Yeah, absolutely. So equities can go both ways. So um, generally speaking, I think a, a cut in rates can push up um, equity markets overall. As we said, investors, uh, those with cash are more likely to go out and borrow more money, leverage positions, um, take out leveraged accounts and buy more stock and by doing so push up the price of equities. You know, we've seen that since the end of the GFC, particularly in America with low rates and the and the equity market has really uh, taken advantage of that. So, from a company-specific point of view, companies that rely on exports um, generally also benefit from a, a rate cut. Now, there's a few parts to this. The reason being that when a, when the RBA cuts rates, it is less attractive for foreign investors to, to house their money in Australia uh, because they can uh, get probably better interest rates elsewhere. So, what they do is they take their Australian dollars out and and put it into another uh, currency elsewhere. Uh, so that increases the supply of the dollar and that pushes the value of the Australian dollar down. We'll touch a bit on that in a minute. However, a low Australian dollar is beneficial for companies that export because it means that their products are cheaper for uh, overseas importers of, of those goods. So companies that export, particularly mining companies, so Rio, BHP, Foresters, whatever it was called, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Anyway, those companies tend to benefit from a rate cut. Similarly, companies that have exposure to exposure to things like housing and construction with more money out there at cheaper rates to borrow, um, as we mentioned, people are likely to go out, will hopefully go out and buy housing or, or go and do that renovation that they'd always wanted to do. And companies that are exposed to those areas will benefit Conversely to that, I think banks, as you said, Rand Bank's profits will be hit. As you said, their margins come under pressure when there's a rate cut. And we know that banks are required to maintain a current level of fund just for emergencies. We won't go too much into that, but they will feel a, a, a squeeze on their margins and so profits will, will be hurt. What about you, Ren? So I think the interest rate changes a lot of equations in the economy and essentially depending on what company and what sector you're in, it'll have different effects. In a general sense, it probably yeah, you're right, it it's it stimulates the equity markets for two reasons. Probably one, as you said, there may be more borrowing and that uh, increases liquidity in the market. And then secondly, the the discount rate that people use when they're valuing companies will be will may be reduced depending on what the discount rate is but generally if interest rates are going down that means the risk-free rate of return is also going down and that will then generally mean that 
equity markets that investing in companies are more attractive. You need a lower return to justify the investment if the comparison rate, the risk-free rate that you're comparing it to is lower. Because investing is a relative business. You don't want to park your money in a good spot. You want to park it in the best spot relative to all other spots. So they're probably the two general ones. But yeah, I think as you said, banks, property sector, rates, all, all will be affected differently. Exporters, travel companies, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I just want to touch on travel companies just just there, not directly as a result of the rate cut itself, but as we said, the rate cuts are occurring due to a response of economic activity and in an, in an economy that is slowing and people are spending less on the luxury items and and the needs rather than sorry the wants rather than the needs. You need to be careful of you know the webjet and and flight center and and even aviation and those sorts of companies as people are less likely to spend on those as a result of um, economic activity. But to confuse it further, <laughs> if if Australian financial products and Australian denominated bonds become less enticing and money leaves Australia and so then investors sell Australian dollars, that lowers the Australian dollar compared to other currencies. And then what you might see is because travelling to Australia then becomes cheaper because foreign currency can buy more Australian dollars, there might actually be more foreign tourism coming to Australia because it's cheaper. So there's a lot of second order and third order effects, I think is the the general thing. And um, how it plays out depends a lot on how the banks respond and then how people respond to that. Yeah. This is what I love about economics. It's just, you can just keep going deeper and deeper and um, everything is connected in some way. But let's move to another asset class, Ren. Did you want to touch on cash or property? So I think, I think we've sort of touched on, well, we've really touched on all of the three, but just, just to put it in headlines so people, people understand. So equities yeah. was that whole jumbled conversation with a lot of threads that could be pulled on. Cash, cash is a little simpler. Cash, if you're holding cash in a bank, in a term deposit, in a savings account, whatever it is, even in a high interest saving account, you're probably going to see a lower rate going forward. Um, so cash becomes a less and less attractive investment. And that's, that's half the point of this. When the economy's slow, the government, the, the RBA don't want you holding cash in a bank. They want you going out there and spending it. They want you buying avocado on toast and houses and, you know, Teslas, whatever, whatever they, the stereotype of what we buy these days is, because then that increases employment, increases demand, which then companies go and hire based on that demand and increases employment. And then because there's lower unemployment, workers can negotiate for higher wages. And then uh, higher wages means that workers have more to spend, which increases inflation. So there's a real virtuous cycle that they're hoping sort of takes hold by really starting with you borrowing more and you saving less because the interest rate is lower. So if you're holding cash as interest rates are dropping, you're, um, you're doing worse and worse. And then the big risk, the really big risk, is if the interest rate on cash becomes lower than the inflation rate. And then you're actually you're losing money in real terms. So if you're, if you're making 1% a year on your cash, but in, inflation is at 2%, that means you're actually losing money because the value of your money is deteriorating qu- more quickly than the interest you're making on it. Something to watch out for. Luckily, I think the last inflation 
rate was less than 1.25%, but it's certainly the, the, the margin between the two is getting closer and closer, that's for sure. So the next, next big asset class is property, which we've sort of been touching on throughout it, but do you want to wrap it up in a nice little boat? Uh, property is pretty straightforward. If if the banks do pass on, sorry, if the yeah, sorry, if the banks do pass on the rate cut in full or in part, it obviously lowers the uh, mortgage repayments for anyone who is borrowing to buy or currently has a property. So that puts more money into their pockets uh, each month, which is intended for them to go out and spend and invigorate the economy that way. With this, as it becomes cheaper for investors to borrow money to buy investment properties, then it also can lead to uh, inflation of house prices as uh, money is cheaper to, to borrow and they can and they can go out and, and buy another investment property. That doesn't take into account the current situation with the ease at which you can borrow, credit tightening, but that's for another another podcast. But generally speaking, a rate cut is designed to stimulate the housing economy and also reduce the monthly burden and repayment on uh, families and those that have borrowed to service properties. So that's it. Yep. And then uh, last big asset class, so we've done equities, cash, property. Last one is Australian dollar. So if you're trading currency, I sort of explained it before, but uh, Australian investments become less attractive relative to overseas investments and then investors move their money overseas and that requires them to sell Australian dollars into the market and buy other currencies. That lowers the relative value of the Australian dollar and it pushes pushes the price down. Second order effects, as we explained, could be that's better for Australian exporters, that's better for Australian tourism operators, stuff like that. But that's probably a conversation for another podcast, seeing we're 10 minutes over our 20 minutes or less already. <laughs> yeah, so let's wrap it there, Ren. I think we'll finish with, uh, maybe I'll finish with a, a comment and then you can uh, finish with your hot... Oh, I, com- I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. your let's, hot let's whatever it, it is. Hot plate, hot plate of goods. <laughs> um, hot take, yeah. I just want to quickly finish with what does this mean and, and what is to come? So I'll, I'll just quickly rattle off a few things. We've had the, the chief economist of AMP, Shane Oliver, he's come out to say that, you know, there's a he reckons there's now 25% chance of a recession in 2020. And, you know, that, uh, as you mentioned, there are further rate cuts expected by the market. Uh, they think the Reserve Bank will, will drop it another 0.25 basis points to a 1% at some point this year, so before Christmas. My only comment on this is that as we're heading to a recession, we all know that uh, one of the biggest triggers that the Reserve Bank across all the the central banks around the world used to fight a recession is interest rates. And if we are heading towards a recession with almost virtually no interest rate, 1%, then it leaves them having to come up with different uh, ways to fight a recession. So it's going to be very much a a watch this space if and when that does happen. So uh, interesting times ahead. You want to hit us with uh, your hot take? Yeah. So very quickly, it seems that as we lower interest rates more and more, the effect that they're having is just less and less to the point where it seems to be quite negligible, really. You know, Japan, Europe, America, Australia, we're all desperately fighting for inflation. And Japan and Europe have gone to negative rates to try and get that inflation. They're literally 
paying people to borrow money or paying the banks to borrow money and they're taking money away from savers and yet still not having the the inflationary effect that we're after it seems like there's something more at play here and it seems like cutting australian interest rates by 25 basis points at a time is just like i don't expect much to come out of this rate cut or the next one really could be wrong hopefully i'm wrong for the sake of the australian economy but it seems like there's something structurally wrong with the way that central banks are operating around the world and people's people smarter than me probably have better opinions on this but it is just something that is becoming very clear that you know they used to be really powerful policy instruments and moving interest rates moved economies now it seems you know markets move a little bit but it doesn't, it doesn't have the broader I, economic effect that they're wanting it to have. Yeah, I think we could dive into this in a whole other episode. I, I, I think it comes down to a lot with our level of productivity at the moment. I think we really need to focus on improving our level of productivity, you know, output per hour from everyone that's working. But anyway. Yeah, I also think the, the increasing levels of household debt around the world probably make a slight reduction in interest rates less of an incentive to borrow more uh we're probably at a point where cost of living is so high and debt household debt to gdp is so high that any saving that you get on your current debt you're just paying off cost of living pressures like you're it's just easing cost of living pressures rather than stimulating any further spending or further borrowing so i don't know that's that's my uninformed hot take Nice. Great hot take. So we hope that everyone now has a clear understanding or clearer understanding of what it means when the Reserve Bank of Australia cuts interest rates. Um, we hope you understand why they did it, why it was historic, why it's important, and also what it can mean for you as an investor across uh, some of the asset classes that we just spoke about. So always good to chat stocks with you, Ren, and we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, we'll be back next episode with uh, a Meet the Investor, which we haven't done in a while. Yeah, can't wait. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye 
eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.